This podcast is supported by IHI, also known as the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, who have been improving health and healthcare worldwide for 30 years. Did you know a recent IHI industry poll found that health equity is now a top priority for 68% of respondents compared to 25% in 2019? That's nearly a threefold increase. IHI is working to accelerate the elimination of health inequities in the US, UK, and around the world, and you can be part of it. Visit IHI.org to download the full IHI Health Equity Report and join them in their goal to achieve health equity globally. While you're there, check out the many other tools and free resources available from IHI, including QI tools, white papers, and patient safety tools, to name a few. That's IHI.org. Together, we can achieve health equity. Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. David, what topic are we, or question are we going to take on this week? Well, John, the question is, you know, what was the cause of the mask mandate ending? And what I have to say is, you know, everyone had to wear their masks on the plane until all of a sudden they didn't. There was an inexperienced. Well, there wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't a real cause. This is, this is, this is the whimsical decision of an underqualified, barely qualified, recently appointed judge. I mean, what what do you think's behind this? Well, I mean, there was clearly uh, you know, the plaintiffs were looking to overturn the mandate. And so they found a friendly judge uh, in the right venue in Florida. And uh, she said that the CDC exceeded its authority in ordering masks to be worn on airplanes and other forms of public transport. And so the mandate ended immediately, even in the middle of a flight. Um, you know, the CDC has actually not changed its guidance and they still say that masks should be worn, but now they've lost their authority to enforce the guidelines. I mean, this is really a great example of how the convergence of what's politically attractive for one party uh, to, is undermining the the broad agreement that historically, you know, folks have that public health has been a nonpartisan, bipartisan issue. I, 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 this is. This is a terrible precedent, but this is just the the dull end of the spear of the right wing trying to find a way to attack government in general. But unfortunately, really vulnerable people, I think, are going to suffer, David. Well, John, the you know, I would say who overstepped their authority here. It was the judge. Um, it's really about the kind of a crusade to dismantle the so-called administrative state. And that means taking away the ability for agencies to interpret the federal regulations and instead making individual judges uh, make the decision. In this case, the judge uh, focused on the word sanitation, and she took it, you know, with a definition from, I guess, from now, and not from when the law was uh, was written, and that was sort of a very flimsy basis, but that's that's what she used to overturn the, uh, the authority. Well, sanitation goes back to some of the very foundational views of what it means to be an effective public health executive. It means you want to create a healthy and hygienic environment, starting with clean water and clean air. And the CDC in the middle of a crisis can't be kind of hamstrung by individual or should not be hamstrung by individual judges. And let's give some context here. We're in the midst of a BA2 spike. We've got much better therapeutics. We've got much better vaccination rates. People are getting boosted. Uh, the, while, uh, I mean, deaths and hospitalizations are still going down, they're still happening. And we're in a little bit of a mini spike. 
the test positivity per 100,000 population has risen in the last couple of weeks. And you're seeing particular hotspots in the Northeast for this BA2 variant. The CDC is, is losing a tool. Now, I, don't, I think the mask mandate was going to be either reduced or stopped anyways. That, that's sort of the whisper. But heck, Philadelphia two weeks ago just put a mask mandate back in. You, you, we have to have a, a situation in the middle of a public health crisis where individual public health authorities have the authority to enforce public health based on the best information available. I think this is a terrible precedent, David. Well, John, I think it's you know it's up for debate uh, whether to have the mask mandate and what sort of form. But I don't know why anybody would want this to be decided by individual uh, judges. You know, it should be decided by the by the CDC, and it's within their authority. So I think everybody knows how we feel about the, this this judge and this sort of approach. Let's talk about the mandate itself, John. I think it's worth drawing a distinction between whether masks work and whether a mask mandate works. Uh, because I know an indiv- a mask will work for an individual person. Physicians wear masks in the hospital and nurses and 95 masks will, will protect them from a patient who's sick and shedding virus, even if the, the patient doesn't have a mask. And then the question is, what happens when you transform that into an overall public policy and have everybody wearing uh, a, a mask? You know, that's going to be less effective and maybe it needs to be more focused or for a certain uh, time period. But I think that that's a discussion worth having about the mandate, but masks work. Well, there's no question that masks work. Even even simple cloth masks that people were putting together at the beginning of the health crisis uh, pr- provide like 48% less likelihood of getting infection. If you have a surgical mask, those light surgical masks, even though people bemoan those as maybe not being as effective as the most effective KN95, that probably lo- lowers your infectivity to less than to, to less than 40%. And if you wear a well-fitting KN95, you're like 90% less effective, to your point, of getting infected. Look, there's a lot of public health mandates that are going to be uncomfortable. And there is a pushback about, about schools. There's a, there's a, there's obviously a lot of irritation and politicization around this mass mask stuff. I mean, the reality is people get tired. And if you look at, um, if, if you look at pandemics over time, often the, the, the need to extend the public health decisions extended well belong people's patience with them. That was certainly true of the uh, Spanish flu of 1918, where it came back with a vengeance after people had backed off of a lot of public health measures. But the, but the, 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 the unfortunately, this bug's not done with us. And so I really think you're, you're, you're making a real point. And, and I realize, look, if people don't support things at a broad level, even though it, it, the, the polls would suggest that the, the, the vast majority of Democrats, for example, did support uh, the CDC and the government's mask mandates. Um, it has become super political. And if people aren't going to follow the rules, I, I guess it makes sense to change them. There has to be some public support. But I don't think we should back off this notion that the decision should be made by doctors and public health professionals. And those decisions may move around. They may they may change over time. Yeah, I mean, the CDC is accountable uh, ultimately to the president, you know, and to Congress, and, and those are elected officials. Whereas, you know, if a judge is just going to make some decision, uh, and she was placed on the bench when she was 33 years old. She could be, you know, in charge of public health for the next 60 years or 70 years. If public health keeps up well, she could live over to a, a hundred and more and still be telling our grand, great grandchildren, uh, what to do. So that's a real, it's a real problem. I would say, John, John, what has been your own experience with masks? Are you a mask man yourself? I am a, I, I, I'm a believer in masks. Yeah. I'm a believer in masks, particularly if you are in areas that are poorly ventilated, like a subway 
or an older building. I mean, one of the things we really haven't focused on as a public health uh, command is, is, is really think about ventilation differently. But there's, uh, whenever I'm in a, a, a very big public area, particularly when I'm moving around and whether it's on a flight or a, or a subway or a bus, I'm going to be wearing my mask. I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, sporting my, my, my mask. What about you, David? John, in the early days of the pandemic, when all of a sudden you couldn't get a mask, do you remember those days? Um, I actually had a mask because uh, I'm even, <laughs> I'm even fairer skinned than you are, John. And I have even, I have, I don't have any hair either on the top of my head. So I had a mask uh, from a company that, that I use for like for sun protection. So I had a mask to start with and that was actually a comfortable mask. I um, had some good masks. I actually like some masks that I got from Korea that are very kind of lightweight uh, masks and they, they do a good job and they're not uncomfortable uh, to wear. So I've, I've been wearing masks. Luckily, I can mostly work from home uh, as opposed to like my wife is a school teacher and she, you know, she was in the school throughout the pandemic and had to wear a mask all the time and it was hard, but she did it. Well, I think I think as a as a practical matter, we should make the point that even though uh, hospitalization deaths are down, that you are you know ninety seven times more likely to get very sick with COVID if you're over the age of of sixty five. That there are uh, there are vast chunks of the American population that don't have great results from when they get sick with COVID. Anyone with diabetes, anyone with cystic fibrosis, anyone with um, uh, uh, COPD, you know, advanced pulmonary disease. Uh, there are a lot of major diabetes, obesity, uh, there are, uh, metabolic syndrome. There are a lot of folks who are in medically fragile or vulnerable states who are much less, much less likely to be protected by the things like vaccines that the rest of us are well protected by. And I think we all ought to be try, try to be responsible, not just for uh, what irritates or is part of our life, but but how we actually protect the most vulnerable among us. And that is really one of the mandates of uh, the CDC. And I think it's one that, that frankly, this judge has no, no, no interest in, in supporting. John, one of the other things that has happened is maybe not as apparent to people outside right now, but, you know, the nurses and doctors are just completely exhausted and, and burned out from, you know, two going on three years of the, of the pandemic. And a lot of the public health measures were designed so that uh, the hospitals wouldn't be overwhelmed. And it's not just COVID patients, but if somebody has a heart attack or, or a stroke, you know, they haven't been able to get uh, timely care. And it's just been really uh, a lot too much to ask, frankly, of our healthcare uh, providers, uh, you know, to be able to, to put up with people that are just say, I don't, you know, I want to wear this because it's not comfortable for me. I don't feel like it or, you know, it's, it's, it's bad politically. So we owe it to them. And I, I don't know how we're going to get underneath that, 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 that issue of, of clinical burnout. Maybe we topic that maybe that's another, a topic for another time, it could be. but you know, doctors, depression and suicide and drug use is up. Uh, a bunch of nurses, as we covered in an earlier episode, want to quit. I would think that one way that we can clearly support folks who are on the clinical front lines of fighting this disease and frankly, fighting disease in general would be to help protect them by wearing masks in, in, in area, at times whenever there's a infection rate or po test positivity rate starts to pop in, in our areas. And I, and, and obviously New England's a hot spot right now. Uh, but this, 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 this bug's not done with us and we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support clinicians. So John, last question for you, uh, where is the pandemic heading and how does this ruling affect where it goes? Well, uh, I, I last part first. I think this 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 is a a, a a crass and stupid example of the politicization of public health. 
I don't think we can do anything about it. I think it's to your point, like there's the, 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 the support for the mask mandate has eroded, uh, particularly as hospitalization and deaths are done and we're to do fa- a new phase of managing it. But I think that COVID will be with us and it's our job to find, uh, we, we, you know, in a multi-layered way, uh, uh, ways to deal with this drug. We've got great therapeutics that you can take if you're vulnerable and you do get sick. Um, there's broad access to that. There's new therapeutics. Those are treatments for you if you get COVID. Um, there is there is extraordinarily deep and broad e- e- evidence that vaccines and boosting really do help. And uh, we've got a, we've still got a bunch of populations we need to get vaccinated. And I think that we are we are we are getting hopefully going to go a little bit deeper on for those five to fifteen percent of people with long COVID, um, which is a kind of a, a multi-threat disease uh, that we're still trying to get our arms around, uh, that we will find ways to actually help those folks recover. But I, I just think we're, we're, um, you know, this is, this is not going to be a one and done thing. I think it's, it is every, every evidence that it's going to be, um, seasonal and annual and will continue to mutate. Uh, vaccination rates are really low, um, uh, abroad. And, and so I think this, this, I suspect this bug will continue to mutate and we'll continue to get better at managing it and living with it. Well, John, I hope that what's going to happen is that the new variants will, will be like the recent ones and become, you know, milder and even if they're more contagious. That would be nice, but there's no guarantee of that. I do believe that uh, as we have other problems with the uh, the pandemic and new things that we don't know about yet and, and, and new pandemics or, or viruses, uh, the CDC and other agencies are going to be potentially hamstrung by this decision. I do hope it's overturned on appeal. And uh, let's uh, let's leave it at that. So. That's it for another edition of Care Talk. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of Care Centrics. If you like what you heard or you didn't, please subscribe on your favorite service.